Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, And I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe BetterHelp is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MakeYourBed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MakeYourBed. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. It makes me sad how often I read that it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. But if you've been paying attention, you'll see that capitalism carries the seeds of its own destruction. It is not sustainable, and it's inhumane. So efforts to build a more sustainable and equitable system will involve creating and exploring alternative economic models. Yet the language we have for them now often bring their own definitions to the individual listener. Words like socialism, cooperativism, communism, community services no longer communicate the same thing to everyone. Some hear communism and think about sharing food. Others hear communism and picture Joseph Stalin. But I don't care who you talk to, I genuinely believe that most people, given the choice, would choose for humanitarian efforts over capitalist ones. They would choose people over profit every time. And when we choose for the prosperity, the well-being, the equitable prioritization of all humans, we can avoid the pitfalls that are associated with unfettered, unadulterated capitalism. But as is the case in any significant societal shift, the role of government and public discourse, the way we talk about it, and informed decision-making becomes so critical and crucial to the movements. We as a people must focus on crafting and voting in policies and systemic structures that promote fairness and justice and sustainability while still addressing 
all of the necessary complications that come from changing such a nuanced and complicated system for so many people. So sure, I'll agree. It is easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. But that doesn't mean that people haven't already imagined and planned for a successful and equitable transition. In his post, A Soft Landing for Capitalism, Ryan Gosha wrote, The immediate task for our species is to unite the fate of capitalism with the fate of society. The collapse of capitalism must not be the collapse of the human race. Thus, the immediate task must be to stabilize capitalism. We need a soft landing. And after landing softly, we can focus on the dismantling process. A hard landing for capitalism is a hard landing for all. Capitalism exists only in the context of scarcity. Capitalism cannot exist in the presence of abundance. For most basic goods and services, the scarcity that we have now is engineered. It is deliberate. It is purposefully designed by the capitalistic system. In most primary sectors, there are enough resources for everyone. Take land for building houses as an example. There really is enough land to allow each and every family on earth to own a thousand square meters for them to build a house. There are enough building materials and labor to ensure every family has a home. But I'll take Ryan's writing one further with a key finding from the United Way that said there are 28 vacant homes for every one person experiencing homelessness in the U.S., and every time I see an unhoused person on the street next to a vacancy sign, it literally and metaphorically makes me want to kick down every fucking door. The point is, though, that scarcity itself is artificial. And the reason for this is because capitalism cannot exist without scarcity, without the hierarchy of humanity, without pitting people in class struggles so that they're so exhausted from trying to survive that they can't fight back against the billionaires exploiting the millions below them. It's the reason the highest demanded jobs like being a creative, a writer, an actor, a photographer, or a filmmaker are all being taken by AI, but not the least demanded jobs, which would be very easy to automate. We collectively have so much power and so much quote-unquote capital that we could work together and thrive as a species rather than as enemies of each other. Once everyone's basic needs are met without having to pay for those things out of pocket, we can get rid of the horrible sentence, cost of living, and we can allow people to do just that. People will be free to live. And from there they will be able to help create abundance in other ways for the community, for the collective, for everyone else. But because this is new and we are establishing something different, we have to keep an open mind. So it doesn't mean that private property won't exist anymore. It doesn't mean you can't have your things. It just means we are reallocating money that is going to things that are not helping humanity can go towards things that do. And under the context of abundance, you can own and do what you'd like to do with a hell of a lot more gusto because you'll have the energy of yourself and your community behind you. I want to quote Ryan again here who says, the value we currently create is captured by capitalists and these capitalists privatize the bulk of human productivity gains. It's not difficult to collectively own the means of production. If it means production has to happen within the confines of a corporation, we, as a collective, or globally, can own the corporation. We are collectively 
already at a point where we have enough technology and resources to escape scarcity in so many of the important areas of life. We've got enough tech and resources to guarantee housing, smartphones, universal education, internet, food, water, and fresh air. We're just not organized in a manner that guarantees things for everyone. Those who are organized, and those who have convinced us it's not possible, have a vested interest in doing so. And it's not just the key to well-being and equity and sustainability. It's the key to progress and advancement and the future of humanity. If you want people to be innovative, you have to give them the freedom to explore their interests. When people are not burdened with finding their basic needs, it provides space and time and freedom to come up with complex solutions to these complex problems. Because I don't believe it's a human instinct to accumulate profit and not worry about our community. But I do believe that capitalism has ingrained that in us. So when we focus on the abundance we do have, we won't be as conflicted by the manufactured scarcity that these bigwig CEO assholes have created for us as a species. The proof is in the scientists who work on things that don't profit them. The artists, the researchers, the journalists, the whistleblowers, the rabbit holes we go down in the middle of the night that benefits no one, especially not our circadian rhythm. But there is some beauty in the current capitalist landscape. It teaches us that superproduction, abundance, and forcing ourselves beyond our wit's end is possible. And by rearranging our priorities to focus on what really matters, it doesn't mean the whole thing has to collapse. It just means we can stop manufacturing scarcity to bolster up 12 fucking people who don't do shit for a living and convince us we're not doing enough for them. Big corporations throw dumpsters worth of edible, fresh food every day because it's not profitable. The only thing that needs to change is the concept of what a profit is. And I understand that simplifying a very complicated process, but at the end of the day, some of it is that simple. And the complicated parts are approachable without collapsing everything around it. Either way, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I hope you enjoyed this rant on capitalism. It's my favorite. Talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, cutie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 